speeds up Driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have that white line fever to the day I gotta see I gotta look around I got diesel smoke rolling From two chrome stacks My address is 408-414 A big blue Mac Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day Yes, friends, the road is our life, and we've got a a great program for you today. This is recorded off of our conference line that we have every Thursday night at 5 p.m. Central Time. And if you'd like to join our conference line, we have some great preaching, some testimonies, and take prayer requests, and we got time for praise reports. So if you'd like to join us on our conference line on Thursday nights at 5 p.m., the number to call is 727-731-5062, and you're welcome to join us on Thursday nights. Now, this conference line was set up for our chaplain program here at Channel 21 Ministries, And we have decided to open this conference line up to whosoever. So if you want to join us, come join us, and you'll be blessed. I promise you that. We were just two strong hands upon the wheel made our living hauling freight cattle grain and steel we were cone 
calloused from the years out on the road While the devil held the wheel, we gave our lives to the Lord But the sinful lives we chose to live came with a dreadful cost Sin began to drag us down, our families all but lost believe you said I need a sign and if God will show that he is real then I gladly walk that line he drove on through that lonely day his heart was cold as steel and then he saw that sign out in that Midwest field Jesus' arms were open wide blood dripping from his hands he said this once for you Come and be God's man We were just two ordinary men Strong hands upon the wheel We made our living hauling freight Cattle, grain, and steel We were cold, hard, and calloused From the years out on the road By the devil Still on the wheel, our nation's freight he hauls. He spreads the gospel through the land, the preacher he is called. Now the other took a different road to that oil patch he was sent, telling men to turn from their sin and hear the Lord repent. We were just two ordinary men, strong hands upon the cross. Standing side by side To bring the gospel to the lost And we were cold, hard and calloused From the years out on the road Now Jesus took the wheel And we gave our lives to the Lord friends i hope you enjoyed that that's a song written by our good friend galen taylor and galen wrote that song one night coming from st louis to memphis and god just laid that on his heart to write a song about his testimony and my testimony so we hope you enjoyed that and now i want to put on a song for you that i wrote and this is a song for all you drivers out there it's called on the road i wrote this for my wife linda one night driving down the road and i just wanted to tell linda how i felt 
and uh, what was on my heart. And I wrote this, and it's called On the Road. There's been so many times when I've been gone It seems like when you need me I'm never at home All I ever wanted was to be A man you could rely on But it's hard to be that kind of man When you're on the road Oh, life on the road Is a lonely, lonely song you enjoyed that and now we've got a great testimony that we're going to share with you the testimony of 
Tim Ridley. And you can hear Tim Monday through Friday on XM Satellite Channel 146, the Road Dog Channel. And Tim comes on every Monday from 4 to 6 a.m. And Tim has a great program for all the over-the-road truckers out there on the road. Here's the testimony of Tim Ridley. I was asked how I got into trucking, whether I, if I did go to truck driving school or not. But this kind of shows you how your faith, if you have faith in God, that all things are possible. Uh, you know, uh, uh, one of my favorite scriptures uh, in, in the book of Philippians, I can do all things through Christ. You just have to put him first and have the faith. Now, I was asked that question. I never went to a truck driving school, and I've shared this uh, some of this anyway on my radio show a few times, but I generally tell people when they ask me, I say, well, I went to God's school. God taught me how to drive, which, which is true. I remember I've wanted to do this ever since I was a little boy, ever since I was a kid. I wanted to be a truck driver. And I dropped out of college for a little while to, to do this, to fulfill my dream. And I remember searching through the yellow pages to find a truck driving school and I went down I actually I called I called the school and set up an appointment with the salesman and met with them one night after work and and by the way I had just gotten not too long ago uh, gotten a job driving a straight truck I figured if I started with a straight truck I could uh, move on up from that point and went down to meet with the representative at the truck driving school and he was talking and telling me about this and about the lessons and what I would learn. And when he got to the price, that was all I heard. That was that was it. He talked more after that, but my mind never went past the price because I knew I couldn't afford it. $5,000. I didn't have $5,000. I just dropped out of college. I was already, already broke, so to speak. So I, I knew I didn't have uh, $5,000 to give to him. So... Went back and I remember on my way back home, I was depressed in, in, one, in one sense, but at the same time, I remained faithful. I asked God, uh, I said, I asked him, I said, well, this is what I want to do, Lord. And I know that you would make a way, some kind of way for me to do this. I want this very badly. And I just put it over into the hands of the Lord and the, the uh, company I was with driving a straight truck, I would pass this flatbed outfit every day, sometimes two or three times a day on my route. It wasn't far from where I worked. And as I would look over, it was a small company and they hauled their own products. They hauled moldings and lumber and door casings, things like that. And uh, But I would see the few trailers out there, the few tractors. I would see the drivers from time to time. But I never had enough nerves to actually go up to see if they needed any drivers. One reason is because I didn't even have a chauffeur's license. And of course, this was before the uh, the CDL license you had to have at that time was a class five special chauffeur's license. So I continued to be uh, to have faith that one day I would do it. And I would even dream, you know, have these visions of me driving up down the highways, driving a big truck, because this was, it meant that, that much to me. And I just happened to be on the dock one day because the place where I worked at, 
they had tractor trailer drivers that would come in and pick up loads and do the long distance runs. And uh, just one particular day, a driver had backed in and he was standing on the dock as they were loading his truck, his trailer. And I just struck up a conversation with him, talked to him about trucking and how he got into trucking and shared my dream uh, to him. And he said, you know, by trade, by education, I'm actually a CPA. And I had the same dreams that you had of driving a truck, but I didn't go to truck driving school either. And I asked him, I said, well, how did you get into truck driving? And he said, this man, and I don't remember the man's name for anything, but there was an older gentleman that helped him get into it. So he said, I can talk with him and he can get the affidavit affidavit for you and get it notarized. You, all you have to do is fill it out. And he said, he, I'm pretty sure he will be willing to help you out as he helped me out. So he took my phone number. This was the days, this was in the mid eighties. It was long before the cell phone. So I gave him my home phone number and he told me, well, I'm going out to Texas. I believe that's where he was headed. I, I can't quite remember, but it seemed like he was going out to Texas, taking that load out. He said, I would be back in about a week or week and a half or so, and I will get back in touch with you. And sure enough, he did. He got back in touch with me as he said he would. And he said, I have uh, he said, are you ready to come out and f come meet me and fill out your form? He said, uh, all we need to do is get you to fill it out. I'll notarize it and you take it down to the DMV. And I'm thinking, thank you, Jesus. And I'm saying that to myself. Yes, you bet I'm ready. So I hop in my vehicle, go down to meet him. He had the affidavit. I filled it out and uh, took it down to the, D the DMV and took my test, passed it. It was a written test. All it was was a written test. That was what was required back then. Passed the written test and got my uh, paper. And, and at that time, in the state of Georgia anyway, they would give you a paper license and then mail your hard copy later on. It would be a week or two before you got your uh, your hard copy. Took the paper, folded it up, and I was talking to the Lord on my way home. And, and that night as I was praying and I said, well, Monday, Monday morning, Sunday night, Monday morning, I was going to start a fast. I told the Lord, I said, I'm starting a fast Monday morning. And I will end that fast on Wednesday at 3 p.m. But I want, I'm going on a three-day fast, but I want, this is what I want. I want a job driving a truck. I want to drive a tractor trailer. I want, this is what I want to accomplish. I want this job by Wednesday. And I asked the Lord to just grant it to me. And I claimed it. I claimed it in the name of Jesus because you, if you ask not, you receive not. So I asked for it and I claimed it. And I expected it. And this is where faith comes in. You have to not only ask for it and claim it, but you have to expect it. You have to have the faith knowing that it will happen. So I did this on Monday. And that Wednesday, I, as I was driving by that company, I, had a, I got up enough nerves at that point to swing in there. I was in the straight truck. I swung in there in the lot, walked in, and the, they told me who I needed to speak with, the guy who was in charge of hiring drivers. He was sitting at his desk writing, had his head down, just writing on whatever he was. I don't remember what he was writing, but seems like he was deeply involved in it because he never even acknowledged me. And finally, he, without looking up, he said, what do you need? I said, sir, are you hiring any truck drivers? Do you need any truck drivers? And still, without even looking up, he asked me, he said, can you drive a semi? And I said, sir, I can drive anything you got. 
given I felt that, that I could, given the opportunity, I felt that I could do it, even though I had no training. But I didn't tell him that. But I just said, sir, I can drive anything you got. Well, that got his attention. He looked up. He said, I like that. I like that answer. So he handed me an application. He told me, he said, just go to that office right down the hall. And there's a desk there. Fill, sit there at the desk and fill it out. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I don't have any experience to put down. Lord, you're going to have to help me again. And I just put down the experience that I had. The straight truck, which I had only been there just for a few months. And uh, the little part-time jobs I had while I was in college. And that was it. Handed it to him and I just... Again, asked the Lord just to take care of it for me. And he said, well, give me a call back at 3 p.m. and I'll let you know. So I went on and decided and went on about making my deliveries in that straight truck that I was driving. And of course, come three o'clock, I'm scuffling. I'm, you know, scuffling to a payphone. Again, this was before cell phones. So you had to use the payphones. I stopped at a phone booth and I called him. He said, can you start tomorrow morning at 6 a.m.? Can you be here at 6 a.m.? And boy, my heart, I'm thinking, wait a minute. I don't know how to drive a truck. I told him I could drive anything I got. He, he has. And here it is. He wants me to start tomorrow morning. But I got what I asked for, you know, because Jesus granted that. He, I asked for this and I was ending my, my fast at 3. He told me to call back at 3 and God blessed me. He opened that door. And a lot of times he will open that door for you. And we will get, and a lot of times we will get fearful and we won't walk through that door that God has opened. And that was in one instant, what's going to happen to me. I'm thinking, well, I don't know how to drive a truck, but God opened that door for me. So I had to walk through that door. But this is what I told him. I told him, I said, look, I need to give the company I'm with some type of a notice because I don't want to quit them in the wrong way, which I didn't. I was honest about that. I didn't want to just up and leave them just like that. I wanted to let them know, although it was not a two-week notice, but some sort of a notice anyway. And he said, I appreciate that. It, this tells me the caliber of man you are. I really appreciate that. So how about being here at 6 o'clock Monday morning? So needless to say, the rest of the week, through the weekend, I was nervous, didn't sleep much, had nightmares about shifting, backing, and I remember talking to my mom I told my mom the situation that I was in. And she said, you know, with Christ, all things are possible. He gave you that job. He opened that door for you. You walk through it. You will be fine. You can do anything you want to do if you want to do it bad enough, if you want it bad enough. I don't see why. You, and she went on to tell me, I don't see why you can't do it. So they gave me some encouragement. I called my dad that Saturday and they, my mom and dad were divorced, but living in two different states. And I called him long distance and, and I wanted to get some pointers from him. He used to drive. He drove for North American, the uh, household division. And he just told me, remember, you used to watch me. I didn't use the clutch. So don't, don't use the clutch except for taking off and stopping. Gave me a couple of other pointers and told me to go for it. Monday morning, I was there at five. They wanted me to be there at six, but I was there at five. I needed the, the extra hour to basically pray and get my nerves together and ask God to get my nerves together. So uh, when the when the uh, guy came in and they opened the building and shortly afterwards, the forklift drivers came in and I saw the flatbeds out there. They were, they were 
detached from the tractor. None of them have been loaded or anything. And I'm thinking, well, I sure don't know. If he wants me to hook up a tractor to a trailer, it ain't going to be pretty. So when the guy handed me the paperwork packet, you know, the, the packet to fill out in terms of your uh, your W-4 and insurance papers and all that. And I said, well, what I'm going to do is just take my sweet time and hopefully at least one, maybe two trailers will be loaded by that time and hooked up. Uh, the tractors will be hooked up to the trailers. Hopefully that will be, you know, by me taking my time. So I did. I, I took my time and I was sitting where I could look out and see what was going on outside in the yard. And just as soon as I saw the guy hook up that one tractor to that trailer that he had finished loading, which that tractor was a cab over international, it was a 78 international Transstar 2. And uh, when he, when I saw him hook that up, I said, okay, now I can go turn in my paperwork. So I did, I turned my paperwork in and I was praying uh, this whole time as well that he wouldn't give me a road test. But again, that probably wouldn't be pretty as well. Wouldn't have been pretty as well had he given me a road test. So God was just, if you can see, if you're following me, God was working out everything, every step of the way. All I had to do was walk through that door and let the Lord do the rest for me. He opened that door and he won't take you to a place where he hasn't already prepared that place for you. <clears throat> and which he did in my case. And he'll do it and do it in your case. May I already, already have done it many times in your case. So I turn my paperwork in and the guy tells me, he said, uh, and I remember his, his name actually, uh, uh, <laughs> Mr. Reeves. I remember his name. He said, um, he said, I don't have time to road test you right now, but because this freight, this load has to go, but I'll road test you when you get back. And I'm saying, yes, this is what I need. So I'm trotting out to the truck. I'm, I'm running out there because I don't want him to change his mind and decide that, well, wait a minute, I do have time to road test you, but he, he didn't, but he did stop me. And he said, wait a minute. And I turned around and he had a log book. He came toward, towards me with this log book. And he said, here, here's your log book. And I guess I, and I'm thinking to myself, what in the world is a log book? And I'm looking at it and I didn't realize that I was looking at it in the way that I was, but apparently it was pretty obvious because he looked at me as he was handing it to me. He said, you do know what a log book is, don't you? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I do. Yeah, I know what a log book is. So I, I take the log book and I didn't know what to put in it. I, I had no idea and I uh, took it with me and he followed me out to the truck. I guess he realized at that point he needed to at least follow me out there and watch me take off. But he stood there on the ground as I climbed up into the cab of that Transstar International and I remember my dad telling me, he said, well, you know, first thing you want to do is look for a gear pattern that will tell you what's, you know, what transmission you have, whether it's a nine speed, 10 speed or, you know, whatever. And he said, if it's not inscribed on the shifter, he's on the knob, look on the dash. If you don't see it on the dash, it'll be in the visor. Just pull the visor down. So the first thing I did when I opened the door, I saw the stick and what else did I see? Something I had never seen before, even in my dad's trucks, was a chrome, round chrome knob on top of that stick. And just to the left of that knob, it had a splitter. And on top of the gear shift, it said, on top of that knob, rather, it said OD, direct, and low. 
I had no earthly idea of what that was or what kind of transmission because I remember my dad's trucks had um, had a uh, uh, like a chrome or silver type uh, high low range button on the side. It was strapped on the side of the shifter, and he would pull it up to go to the high high side and and uh, shift the other gears. He had a ten speed. That's what he mainly drove were ten speeds. So I'm scuffling. I'm I'm panicking almost, sweating for sure, and I'm looking on the dash. No no gear pattern. So I remember it, pull down the visor. So I pull the visor down. Keep in mind, this guy is still standing down at the, on, the, on the ground looking up at me. Pull the visor down. Guess what? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So I close the door. Look at him and I close the door and I say a quick prayer. Lord, do it for me again. Help me. If you just allow me to get enough gears to get off the lot... And around the corner, because once you came off that lot, you turned left and the street went up a hill and around a corner. The curve went around to the right. I said, Lord, if you let me just get out of his sight, you can let me, I can mess up all, I can mess up from that point on. I don't care. I just need to get out of, out of his sight. So being as nervous as I was, him standing there with his arms crossed, just looking up at me. And I go to take, I put it in what I thought was first gear. Actually, it was, but what I thought, I didn't know at that time, but I thought was first gear. I pull, I put it in first, go to take off, ease off the clutch, and just about almost break my neck on the, on the, from the ceiling, you know, neck hitting the ceiling because the truck just kind of jumps up and down and realized I didn't, I didn't push in my air valves, my parking brakes. I didn't release the parking brakes. So look back over at him, look back down at him, and he's looking back up at me. And I don't know what he was thinking. There's no telling what he was thinking. He probably figured that I had, ne- I had never driven before. I'm pretty sure all of those signals were a tattletale sign by that time. But at any rate, I'll go ahead and release the brakes. And God granted me, he, he blessed me to get enough gears to get off the lot, up the hill and around the corner, around that curve. And I could not get another gear to save my life. But remember, that's what I asked for, though, wasn't it? That's what I asked for. If he just uh, said, Lord, if you just give me enough gears, allow me to get enough gears to get out of his sight, I can mess up all I want. Well, that's what I got. I messed up all the way to the interstate. And my dad always said, if you miss a gear, just stop, start all over again. He said, pull over, come to a complete stop and start all over again. I did that all the way to the interstate. And it wasn't until about the time I got to the interstate, I realized what I was doing wrong. I was using the clutch. And I was pushing the clutch all the way down to the firewall, which I was getting into the clutch brake. So that's why I couldn't shift. But anyway, after that, I just just started shifting without the clutch, like my dad had told me, like he had done. I just started, and I, and I was shifting smoothly from that point. But my first load, it took me. It was a multiple stop load, and uh, I it, it took me to Greensboro, North uh, Greensboro, Georgia, rather, a little small town called Greensboro, right there in east of Atlanta about 90 miles east of Atlanta, went to a lumber yard. I had about four or five stops. I think that was my first stop. Actually ended up being my last stop too, because I was so late. And and I'll tell you about the other issue that made me even later uh, in just a little bit. And by that time, all the other places were closed. But at any rate, I get out to Greensboro. And of course there was no, then, you know, you didn't have GPS. You didn't have any of that stuff. So I got lost. 
ended up going down a uh, dead end street and didn't have any signs at all. And I went about maybe at least a half a mile before the street ended. And I'm thinking, there's only one way out. I have to back up. And I had no idea. I didn't know how to back up. Barely knew how to drive it by that time, but certainly didn't know how to back up. And so every time I, and I didn't know if I needed to call the company and say, look, I quit. You can come get the truck. I didn't want to start out in trucking like that. Didn't know if I needed to call for a helicopter to come in to, you know, sling load me out of there or what. But I decided I would try to back in, back out. But that trailer would not act right for anything. It just kept going to the left or going to the right and couldn't do anything. And by that time, people had lined the street, the street, both sides. It was like it was a parade. And one thing that really shamed me into actually backing that trailer out was there was a four or five year old boy. Couldn't have been no more than five. He was holding his mother's hand and he said, mommy, that that guy does not, that man does not know how to back up, does he? And that really embarrassed me, really embarrassed me. And so I, I made it a point and I, and not without asking God, I, again, I needed, needed his help, his guidance. But after a while, I was finally, and it took me a while, a lot of pull-ups, but I was finally able to back that trailer up, uh, made my delivery and it was late, made my delivery but it was too late to get in any of the other loads delivered, but, uh, made it back to the yard. Uh, the, of course I was the, the Mr. Reeves was upset with me because I only got one off. Uh, but, uh, long story short to show you how God prepares you. And he prepared me, although I didn't go to school, but the companies, the lumber yards that we would deliver to most of them, we had some large ones, large accounts, but a lot of them were mom and pop type lumber yards. And they were located like in these small towns in Georgia and in Alabama. Some were in Tennessee. And some of these lumber yards were in the backyard of people's homes, of their, of their house. And you either had to back in to the driveway off of a narrow street or off the highway, or you had to go in through the alley to get into the backyard some kind of way or the back lot and serpentine around all these piles of lumber where they wanted to unload you at. So the only way to get out was to serpentine, you know, back serpentine back out and back down the alley. And a lot of times blindside back down the street to end up heading, you know, in, in, into the direction that you want to head. So all that was done to teach me how to back, you know, God, it was like God said, well, this is, this is the next lesson you need to learn. And this is your next lesson. You know, I mean, it, it took me step by step. God took me step by step where as backing became not a problem to me. And then sometimes on my way back, a lot of times we were deadhead back to the yard. I would find a, a, a parking lot, a Kmart parking lot or, or some type of a big parking lot. And I would practice, practice on backing. But God bless me. And he taught me, and that's why I, I tell people, well, I went to God's school. I went to God's truck driving school because I, I prayed, I prayed each day, each morning in my daily and my morning devotion that he would, he would teach me something new. First two, the only two gauges I knew when I first started was the speedometer and the fuel gauge. That was it. Didn't even know what the tack was for. So he would teach me something new every single day. Uh, whether it was in shifting or the the 
the gauges, and I would also just surround myself, try to surround myself with drivers. And when I would stop at truck stops, I would go up to the counter. And especially, you know, if I saw drivers that looked like they have been driving for 150 years or so, I would just sit there amongst them and, and ease into a conversation, ease them into a conversation that I wanted to learn about, mountain driving, things like that. But and they taught me a whole lot. They they taught me uh, a, a you know a myriad of things in trucking concerning trucks. So God put people in my life. Uh, he he allowed me to meet drivers, other drivers on the road, as I was driving along. Drivers that we uh, ended up running with. You know we would run across the state or two, and and I would learn a lot of lessons from them. So God will prepare. Uh, things for you. He will prepare. If it's something that you that you're in need of, or something that you want, you just trust. You ask God. You trust and believe it. Don't doubt, but you believe it and get ready to receive it. And when God puts you through His education, His mode of education, your training is done right. It's done proper. So what I want you to get from this is that nothing is too hard for our God, the God that we serve. Nothing is too difficult. No job is too big for him to handle. So regardless of what it is, whatever you want to do, whatever your goal is or whatever you need from him, if it's a miracle, if it's a blessing, if it's a healing, whatever it is, you ask God for it and you get ready to receive it. But you must believe it. And 
friend, are you lost? Do you not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. The Bible says uh, in John chapter 3 verse 3 that we must be born again in order to see the kingdom of God. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you're not sure, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never asked Him into your heart, then I'm going to give you a chance to pray a prayer of salvation right now, and God's going to save you. That's right. You don't have to go to church to get saved. I got saved in the cab of a semi-truck out on the road driving 65 mile an hour down the highway and Jesus Christ come into my life and save me and he can do the same for you right now if you'll believe in your heart and trust in him the bible says in uh, Romans chapter 10 verse 9 that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. That word justified, we can be justified with Jesus Christ, and justified is just if I'd never sinned, and that's what Jesus Christ is going to do to you if you believe it with all your heart and confess with your mouth. He's going to save you. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and and Gentile, the same Lord is Lord over all and richly blesses all who call on him. All means all and that's all it means. There's no difference between Jews and Gentiles. And Jesus Christ wants to come into your life right now and save you. 
If you'll pray a simple prayer of salvation and ask him into your heart, he's going to save you. Pray with me right now if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life. Pray this simple little prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Come into my life. I want to give my life totally to you. I surrender all. I want to live for you from this day forward. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Lord, I ask you to come into my life and change me from the inside out. And God, I will live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Now the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse uh, 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you prayed that prayer with all your heart, then you are saved. And now what you need to do is you need to call someone and tell them that you just asked Jesus Christ into your life and you are saved.
singing a brand new song that she helped write. Tom Caldwell, myself, and Ann Davenport wrote that song, Paid in Full, and she's done an awesome job of singing it. And if you'd like to get some copies of that song or any of uh, Ann's other great songs that she's written, she records, then you give her a call at 281 636 5100. Call Ann Webb Davenport and uh, order some of her great music CDs. You'll be glad you did. She has some awesome, awesome music and she'd love to send them to you. You know, I was coming across Arkansas just a while ago. I'd been out west for a week or so. I just came through Little Rock and I was making real good time. I came up on the back of this Dallas Memphis mail truck. Apparently the driver saw the cross in my grill. He picked up his mic and he said, well, pass the plate and pay the lady. You know, it just run all over me. I could feel the hair raise up on the back of my neck. I picked up my microphone and I said, Driver, I think it's a dirty, rotten shame that you compare what Jesus Christ did on the cross for what somebody else might have done. The radio was kind of quiet, but God was keeping a clear channel. In a couple minutes, he came back to me. He said, Preacher, is it real? I said, Yes, driver, it's real. But I still didn't want to talk to him. I was kind of upset with him about the way he talked about the cross and what Christ had done for me. A couple of minutes went by and he came back again. He said, Preacher, how do you know it's real? I said, Driver, I used to leave home with a fifth of vodka sitting between my legs, a bottle of speed upon the dash, two cartons of cigarettes to make sure I didn't run out from truck stop to truck stop. Wasn't hardly anything I wouldn't do or say. But you know, when Jesus Christ came into my life, I never needed none of that no more. 
couple minutes went by. He said, Preacher, would you pull over and pray with me? I want to be saved. I said, Yes, driver, I will. You got to pray from your heart and not your head. You got to mean what you say. I met him at the back of my truck and we began to pray. I know my brother accepted Jesus that day and before too long we were back in our trucks and on the road again. I went back to him on the microphone and I said, driver, how do you feel? He said, with every mile that I drive, I feel that much better. I said, driver, if I never see you on this earth again, I will see you in heaven. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, friends, if you prayed and asked Jesus Christ into your heart, then we want you to give us a call. Our phone number is 618-383-2107, and we're going to end today's program like we end most of our programs. That's with my testimony in song that I wrote with the help of my songwriting partner, Tom Caldwell. And now we've got a new songwriting partner, Dennis McKay, and he has helped us with this song and brought it up to a new level. Here's Dennis McKay with At the Foot of the Tree off of our brand new CD, Lonesome Road, Volume 1. And yes, you'll be able to get a copy of this CD by calling us, 618-383-2107. Here's Dennis McKay with At the Foot of the Tree. Without hope, 18 wheels of lonesome at the end of the road. In my hand was a track the preacher had read, his words still echoing in the back of my head. I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past. I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken-hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Those 18 wheels are rolling that old lonesome road And I shared the good news Wherever I go Yes, there's been a change I'm not the man I used to be And I tell everybody What's happened to me How I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past 
this chance Could it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree And I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Drivers, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road Radio, and we want to hear from you. Give us a shout. Our phone number is 618-383-2107 or log on to lonesomeroad.org. And if you can't give us a call, then just blow your air horn as you're driving by.
Sunny day.